Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hold on. I had a Mountain Dew before the show today. Thanks for tuning in today on I Work For Him. As you're listening on so many different places, and we're so grateful. Some of you are listening to the live show. Some of you listen to the rebroadcast. And we're so thankful that you tune in. And before the show, I always pray that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith. And today, we pray specifically that the testimony of the two people that you hear today will cause you to dig deep and to recognize that your faith can not only impact your workplace, but revolutionize your workplace. So this question, how public is your testimony? Are you willing to put your faith out there for everyone to see and to take risk of lose take the risk of losing customers or having your reputation constantly put on the line out there to see for everyone to see like on YouTube is your legacy consistent enough to withstand the test of time is excellence represented by everything you do so you don't have to worry about your legacy Well we all know that everything in Texas is bigger and everyone does it better in Texas let me introduce you to Rick and Holly Beatonbow from Beatonbow Homes in Lubbock, Texas. They're going to talk about the transformation of their workplace by putting their faith in the forefront of everything they do. Holly and Rick, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Rick, are you there too? Yes, sir. Thank uh, you. We're glad to be here. You know what? You just have to always wonder who's going to hear your testimony. And I'm always asking my listeners, hey, let me know when you hear somebody's testimony from anywhere in the country that needs to be shared so that people can hear the impact of Christ on people's lives and their workplace. And Holly, you gave your testimony for the Global Leadership Summit this last year. And that's how I heard about it. Somebody said, hey, I heard this testimony. This is a woman you need to have on the air. And I said, not just her, but how about her husband? How about the, and let's talk about their business. Let's talk about how Christ impacted. So I, I'm so grateful that the two of you are willing. I know that you didn't know anything about me. So you just have to trust me that this is really going to be a fun show, but I do move fast. So hopefully you'll be able to hang on. I know everything in Texas moves faster and bigger than anywhere else in the country. <laughs> So, so here's a question. We're hanging on. That's good. So just for, we'll, we'll do ladies first. Holly. As you look at yeah. 2017 and you look at all the different things that could happen, how would you like the Lord to impact your life this year? You know, the Lord has been speaking to me that He is doing a new thing. And that means the former things, you know, we have to release. And so He's teaching us just to approach Him with our hands wide open, with our palms up and our hands open. You know, we're, we're born with that grasp reflex, so usually as soon as somebody puts something in our hand, we close our hand around it. 
But if our hands are open before him, he can put whatever he desires in, and he can take whatever he desires out. Mm. I like that, the grasp reflex. Yeah, I, I know that as a kid, but also as an adult, I'm still pretty good at that. Rick, what about you? As you look at 2017, how would you like to see the Lord shape your life this year? Well, it is a new season for us. Uh, Holly and I have given operational control of the company to some other people, some faithful people that have been here with us a long time. And it's been a blessing to do that because it lets us step back a little bit and spend our time doing this, sharing the story of Beaten Bow Homes over the last 25 years. So this is a new season for that for us. Um, And one of the things I know that the Lord is doing is He wants us to glorify Him in that, and He wants us to trust Him in what we say and who we say it to, and He wants to prioritize that. So we just want to rest in Him and not do anything ourselves. And he'll be glorified as we tell the story. We're talking today with Rick and Holly Beatonbow from Beatonbow Homes out of Lubbock, Texas. And I know I'm probably not saying Lubbock, Texas right, but I'm not from Texas. I'm from Minnesota, so I'm doing the best I can. Rick and Holly, it's exciting. And, and Holly, as I saw the video of you sharing your testimony at the Global Leadership Summit, and I didn't get to go live. I, I scheduled too many shows that day to do it. But I got the, I had a friend that forwarded on the video that was on YouTube, and that connected me to your website. And you guys have all kinds of videos out there. Talk to me about Beaten Bow Homes, because here's the deal. In Florida, I don't know what it's like in Texas, and you guys are in West Texas. I know you're not in all the way West Texas, but in Florida, general contractors and certainly home builders are not high-ranking in society, just right there with lawyers and insurance agents and used car dealers. So <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just tough. How? What kind of a company is Beaten Bow Homes? Rick, we'll let you answer that one to start with. Well, first, I think it's a ministry of God's, and that's not something that we've always known or thought or executed well. Um, We started as just a regular business, building homes. We had big dreams to do that, make a lot of money and have a lot of success. And really, fortunately, my father proposed early on when we started that we should honor God if we had any success, and he didn't have a real strong thought about that, and I kind of half-heartedly agreed. But we did plant a seed that the Lord began to water and began to develop. And uh, He showed us over the last 25 years what it really means for it to be His company. Not just our company that we hope is blessed by Him or that we hope He's hanging around, but that it's His company that we just get to be stewards of. And taking care of His people is a big part of that. Well, and we're going to dig deep into how you guys are really taking care of your employees. But, Holly, I think what's probably really cool for me is, okay, well, we'll get to Holly in a second because somehow she dropped off. All right, so, Rick, when you look at the history, you and your dad started this. Um, You had already been working for the company. You were out somewhere else and then came to work for the company, right? You didn't start working for your dad? or, or, or Help me with that part of the story. No, actually, I was in the software business here in Lubbock. Dad had gone broke uh, in the 80s. In the, in the real estate business, and he lost everything. And he moved away to first Amarillo and then to California, um, just basically kind of went to look for some blue skies, as he says. And I was in the software business here, and I knew that I was going to be in business one of these days because I'd grown up, my father's son, going to work with him and watching him, and I just always wanted to be in business. And so I was always biting that day, whatever else I was doing. And in 89, I left the software business 
and started building some homes for a, an investor, a doctor. And meanwhile, Dad was still gone in California. And the end came to that little investment opportunity that I was doing, and it was time to make it a real business. And so Dad came back to Lubbock. I knew I needed him. I needed somebody to help me. I was young, and I thought he could come sell and I'd build. So he moved back to Lubbock from California, and we started beating bow homes in 1992, and that's how that went. Now, meanwhile, when Dad was in California, he had started on a real faith walk with the Lord. And so he came back a little different than the guy I knew. He was not a bad guy ever. He just didn't know the Lord well, and he came back on, on that journey and invited me to join him. And so we, that's how we started. So is that when you—how uh, long have you and Holly been married? We've been married since 89, 27 years. Okay, so you got done with that construction project with that investor, and you were getting married. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. So, Holly, when you saw your father-in-law come back from California, and he's all of a sudden walking with the Lord, and he's challenging your husband to do the same thing, were you guys, had you guys already given your lives to Christ, or was this whole Jesus thing a new deal for you? We had already given our lives to Christ, but here's the thing, you know, uh, um, we we went to church every day, and we learned a lot about the Lord, but we didn't learn to know the Lord until a little bit later in our walk. So talk to me then. Okay, so were you in when you got married and you guys were starting this business at Beaten Bow Homes and you guys, Holly, were you immediately involved in the company or were you doing other things before you came to work for the company? I was doing other things. I actually was going to Texas Tech University, and I have a bachelor's degree in child development and family studies. And so I had a job completely separate from the company for about seven years. Wow. And what I love about that is that child development and family studies, that fits totally (laughs) in with managing people because sometimes that's just the way they act. Holly, I was asking this the, the question, and I know we ran out of time, but so you were, you got this degree in child development and family structures family family studies studies yeah. that's what sorry i couldn't read my own handwriting i hate when i do that all right so family <laughs> studies and so for seven years you and rick were going down different pathways yet how was your faith growing as rick's working alongside his dad and his dad is experiencing this new walk with lord how was your how was rick's faith impacting your faith impacting your family oh it, it was just um, you know, it was new beginnings. We were toddlers. We were just kind of learning to walk in it. So it was just kind of uh, all of this was still brand new. God was so patient with us. He He revealed things to us along the way, and sometimes together, sometimes independent of each other. But, you know, those whole first seven years in my career, God was giving me experiences that He knew I was going to need in the next season of life when I when I eventually was able to join in with the company. Mm. And it is so true. As I was listening to your interview online, you said in there, you know, our company was one thing and our ministry was another. And and I know that you, and and Rick, I'm going. I think maybe it was was it you that said that. I'm now trying to remember which yeah. one of the. It was you that said that. Sorry, Rick, it wasn't you, Holly. Um, so Rick, what did you mean by that? Because there's a lot of people that struggle with that. Hey, I got my company and I got my faith. They're not connected. What did you mean by our company was one thing and our ministry was another? Well, you know, we have been, we were for a long time, what I would call a Christian in business, right? We had a Christian faith. We we were trying to learn about the Lord, and we were we had our fellowship over here, our church, you know, and our 
faith over here, but our business was was over there, and we would give away money from the business. You know, we wanted to serve God, but it wasn't in the business, and that's really what I mean by that. And what happened was the Lord really came to Holly and asked her a simple question, what do the people in your business know about me? And we looked at each other, and all of us, we had a little leadership team at the time, and we were all trying to figure out what it meant to to serve God in the marketplace. And we thought that was giving money away primarily. But in that moment, we were convicted that God's ministry would be for his people and the people that he brought into that company. And so he asked Holly that, and she brought that to us. And we looked at each other, and, and we knew instantly that we were just a tick off there. <laughs> well, let me just interrupt there a little bit. So, so Holly, you hear from the Lord, and he asked you a very tough question. What do the people in your business know about me? Now, when that came to you, how fearful were you about bringing that up to your father-in-law and your husband? Who, I mean, because this was a fairly out-of-the-box idea. You know, um, we were having ministries. We were inviting ministries to come into our company and to our group of leadership team people and making presentations. And, you know, in reading through um, the Bible, God showed me, you'll know one another by your fruit. And so we were asking these ministries to bring stories of fruit, like lives that were being transformed by who Christ is and who Christ is in their lives. And that was impacting us. And we, we weren't seeing that happen um, anywhere else, you know, just through these ministry partners. And, and that's when the Lord, the Lord tapped my shoulder and he said, it's, it's just really awesome that you're giving us money over there. And that because of that, these people are having the opportunity to transform their lives. But that transformation that you're seeing happen and, and the people's lives associated with that ministry, that transformation can happen inside the company if you will love the people the way you see these ministry partners and the way you see Jesus loving, if you'll do that with your people, they will come to know me, and they will have transformation in their lives too. So, Rick, she brings that to you and your dad. You're in this leadership meeting. What was your reaction? Because you probably already thought you are doing pretty good. Well, it's like Holly said. I I don't know that it's—this was a progressive thing. I mean, that's the walk with the Lord, right? He uh, he just comes along with us, and some days we listen, some days we don't. Uh, but he's always there, and he's always moving us towards his will. And we were all in a conversation all the time, and we were fascinated by what these ministry partners of ours were doing all over the world. And they were asking us uh, about things, and they were trying to lead us to think about ourselves as a ministry, not just of giving, but a true ministry of God. And so... You know, we weren't. It was that wasn't a. It just was. A, it hurt us because we realized that we could have been doing that for a long time. And that, the problem was, we still didn't know exactly what to do to go from there. Um, but we did know we had to make a change. Well, okay. So, how many years into the new business with your dad was Holly's revelation that hey, you need to take this to the next level? That was about. That was that 1998 somewhere along so in there. So almost nine years into. So nine years in. Okay. So, but here's the deal: Did your reputation precede you? That you already had a good reputation. We were already building good homes, doing a good job on the homes that you built. Yes, we were. And so there wasn't anything to compromise. I mean, so you're already operating with excellence. 
And so the reputation that you had wasn't wasn't hurting your testimony, but what you were saying is, hey, we've been given a platform to take this testimony to a whole nother level. But did you ever imagine the levels that the Lord would ask you to take in putting your faith out there in the forefront? No, we in fact, you know, we I really can't imagine anything that the Lord's done the last twenty five years. Our vision, my vision in nineteen ninety one and ninety two was a lot smaller than what God gave us. So really everything that's happened is a long way from what I really thought. We say all the time, thank you, Lord, for giving us your vision, not my puny little vision from way back. <laughs> and But how often do we suffer from, you know, tiny visions, Holly? I mean, you know, we all, we all like, okay, this is what I can accomplish, so I'm going to make sure that I, that's my vision. But God, God laid on your heart. And what I love, the what speaks about your marriage, Holly, to Rick, is that you brought that to him, and he received that because— a lot of times a guy would get his, uh, you know, our whole pride in the way, like, wow, my wife is just, she just did a smackdown on me from God. And she said, God said it to mm. her. So that yeah. that speaks very loudly about the kind of marriage that you guys had. You're right. You're absolutely right. And honestly, I was so convicted in it when I went to them and said, man, I really feel the Lord is pressing on my heart that there is so much more for us. And, you know, we've been giving all this money externally, but I I believe He wants us to really focus on the people here. And that means, you know, we're not leveraging them um, as a resource for an outcome, but we're truly loving them, you know, just um, caring about them as a person and who they are and, and wanting to help them be the best that they can possibly be in life and, and help them grow spiritually. And um, if that means ultimately one day they leave us, well, I think God wants them to leave here better than they came. Well, and there's no question what I read and what the videos that I've seen that your employees, when they come there, I don't know why they'd ever leave. <laughs> when, your custo- <laughs> when your customers build a house with you, I don't know why they'd ever want to build with anybody else because your reputation, I mean, I, there's all kinds of stuff out there on you guys. It's not real hard to find it. And it's, it's amazing because you guys have made it so that there's no possible way that anybody could do business with you without knowing about Jesus. I mean, it's impossible to do business with you yeah. guys without knowing about Jesus. But that also puts a lot of pressure on it, doesn't it, Rick? Yeah, it does. And over the years, it's, it's been more, it's felt more like pressure than it does today. I think um, a Christian in business, the opposite of that might be a kingdom business, we call it. And I like to think of a kingdom business simply as a business that does fully belong to God. And so if our business is not our business, if it's really God's and we're just stewards, then he's taking care of everything, and he's going to make sure that everything is right if we'll just listen to him. And so that's that's really the last part of this that's, that we've kind of concluded the last couple of years, and really more than just concluded, started walking in that. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, we're, we're a business in the marketplace, so the people who come to work here are the best people for the job, not Christians. And so many of the people that work here are not Christians. And one of the things that we want to be careful about is to respect that and honor that and lead with love. Really care about people and not pursue them spiritually um, against their will or inappropriately. We want to leave religion out of it. Nobody likes religion. It's the most objectionable thing, right? I mean, just pure religion. Well, I don't know. It's like in Texas, but I, I, I know pretty much Minnesota and Florida. And yes, religion is one of those things about money, power, and control, and very rarely about Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. And tradition, just about tradition. Tradition, sure. Doing things, you know, for the sake of this or for the sake of that. Really what people want is to be cared about, genuinely cared about and developed. How can, they, how can they grow? How can they have a better life? How can their family be better provided for? And, of course, there's nothing better than someone finding the Lord, of course. Right. And being transformed at, in, at work and then going home and being a better father and a better husband. And so that is uh, something that everybody can get excited about, no matter what your faith was when you started. And when we come back after the bottom of the half hour, we'll talk about how you guys take care of your employees. But I have this question. So who did the financial director report to before you guys kind of put, put somebody else underneath you guys to run the company? Before, who did the financial director report to? Rick. Okay, so Rick, how did you feel when the financial director said on video, you know, it was a good company to work for? But not a great company to work for. I mean, I heard that on video. I'm like, I might have edited that out. No, I mean, it really <laughs> talks about your, about your reputation. But when I saw that, I'm like, wow, I like that. It was a good company to work for, but not a great company to work for. How did you feel about that? And, and would he say something different today? Well, he would. And, of course, he actually was saying something different on that day. He was looking back. Or maybe that would have been more painful. If that had been him saying that in that moment, he didn't say that in the moment. No, he said it was a past tense statement. I'm just tagging yeah. you on a little bit. It's radio. Okay. Yeah. But, and so he said it. So I, so that made it okay because I really knew exactly what he meant. When, sure. When, when it was my company, even if we tried to honor the Lord, that's different than it being God's company. Right. And, that, and that's exactly what he means. And John, the guy who said that, is part of our leadership team. So he was a part of that journey leading all of us leading trying to figure this stuff out and trying to go where the lord says and so he he was a big part of that and made a big difference every day he he, many times i mean john's very pastoral and praise the lord that god brought him along to me early on because he has had a big impact on what this company does all right we're talking today with Rick and Holly Beatonbow. And I've asked them some pretty tough questions, but wait till you hear the next part of their story. As Rick and Holly worked alongside their dad to take this company from being a pretty good company, well, actually just a good company, to a great company, the Lord did amazing things. And guys, I, I just want to, there's a lot of people that sign in here at the bottom of the half hour because they're just getting off work. They work the 7 to 3.30 shift. Talk Talk to us really quickly, uh, Holly, you do it, about what who Beat and Bow Homes is. What do you do? We build homes, but we, um, we are a ministry, and um, we get to use the gifts that God has given us um, to advance His kingdom. And you do it in Lubbock, Texas, or all over the and country? We, Lubbock, Texas, Amarillo, Texas, Midland, and Odessa, Texas. So we have four different regions that we build in. And is now I don't know where any of those other. I know Amarillo's north of you. I know New Mexico's to the west of you. Where are those other? Where's Midland compared to you and and the other place you just mentioned? They are south. Okay, so they're south, south of okay. us. All right, so yeah. I, I I just had the privilege late last October of driving across Texas on I ten all the way across. We were we were going to Dallas and then we were going to Tucson, and so I'd never driven all the way across the eight hundred eighty miles of I ten, but I got to see West Texas. Now, I know you guys were north of there, but West Texas is beautiful and freaky scary all at the same time because you can drive 50 miles between exits and there's nothing. 
<laughs> and, uh, yes. Uh, that was an amazing thing to me. And if you haven't driven across Texas, ladies and gentlemen, you sh- it's something you should do. And do it at night because the oil refineries, you can see them for like 100 miles in the distance. It's really, really cool. All right. So back to you guys and your testimony. I, I think I just want to jump right into some of the steps you guys took. Rick and Holly, as you as you said, okay, Holly, you get the word from the Lord. Hey, what do, what do your employees, what do your people really know about me? You guys said, okay, we've got to be more intentional about this. What were some of the very specific steps that you guys took to say, okay, this isn't just a, a, a Christian running a business. This is a kingdom business. Yes. Well, um, Rick has Rick has a thought just from leadership first that he wants to share, and then I'll share a few practical steps that we did with our employees. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, you know, we were we had a we were a pretty flat organization. There were a group of us that were managing all the people and all the processes. And the Lord really came to me at one point and said to establish a leadership team. And this leadership team would build a management team over time. And one of the things that we did was we really came together as a team, our leadership team. We really unified 100% in our desire to let the Lord have the company and run the company and try to stay out of his way and just do what he said to do. And really, we need a team to do that because some days it's Carrie's job to remind us what we're supposed to be doing. Some days it's Dad's job. Some days it's my job or Holly's. And so our leadership team was charged with figuring this out and trying to follow the Lord together and ultimately build a management team so that we could take care of all the people that came on board so then, Holly, what were some of those specific steps? Okay, so the leadership team gets modified a little bit and gets fine-tuned. What were some of the steps that you took, like with your people? I mean, all of a sudden, how did the, did your people notice that things were changing? Yes, I believe they did. And one of, you know, in the world, um, the world tells you that there's this invisible wall between the leaders and the employees in the company. And and, and then there's just this arm length relationship that you you can get close, but you don't get too close. You're not you can't be friends. You can't be, you know, your colleagues. You leave your your personal life at the door. All of those things. And um, God had a very specific strategy in just breaking that wall down in us. And he he brewed a very specific storm in Rick and I's personal life with our son. And you know, in just a few moments, um, that wall came crashing down. We had to be real with the people that we work with. We had to be transparent. We had to be vulnerable. We had to be willing to expose our faults and our weaknesses before everyone. And um, the second God allowed us to do that and encouraged us to do that, things really rapidly began to change for us. And so... Um, we started doing a Bible study every morning at 8 a.m., and so it's, it starts after everyone is already clocked in, which means that people get paid for the time that they are there if they choose to come. And it's, it's completely free will. It's completely optional. We just announce it, and, um, and we just do this little Bible study. And the first few times were incredibly awkward, and we had to just... Um, know that we heard from the Lord that we were supposed to do that, and we had to just keep showing up, and we had to keep pressing through the discomfort and the awkwardness of it. And before too long, it was a real time of sharing 
and fellowshipping. And, and it was actually during one of those Bible studies that, that Rick and I came in and were very real and very transparent about some struggles we were having. And we asked for their prayer and they prayed for us. And it was like, just the wall came down and the floodwaters came in. And in that moment, everyone knew they could be real and they could bring whoever they are to the table and they would be loved and they would be accepted and they would be prayed for. Hmm. That when you can be vulnerable and transparent as a leader, people will follow. They they want to know that the people that they're working for are real, that they're not yeah. that they're not high and mighty, that they actually have real struggles, and uh, so your testimony was really out there for everybody to see the good and the bad and the ugly, and and that's really you've continued that on from that point in time because it's all over your website, it's all over your Kingdom at Work website, it's all over the uh, YouTube, and you got testimonies and stories all over the place that are that are fantastically in your face. Love it. At what point in time, and, and I'm trying to respect this, but I'm going to ask, you said something about your son. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know the story. Is that something that you think our listeners would be blessed by hearing the story of what happened? You know, he just lost his way for a time, and we had owned a business in this community for a very long time. We're a small community, and some of the things that he did were just out there, and we, we knew that everyone was going to learn about those things, and honestly, we wanted them to hear it from us first, and we wanted them to get the whole truth, the real truth, and in that moment, the enemy comes against you. I just want to encourage you business leaders, because the enemy came against us and told us, when they see your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities and your frailty, they're no longer going to respect your authority. You know, I mean, the enemy tried everything to keep us from being real and vulnerable and transparent, and um, the rewards of that have been exponential. Well, and the and the exact opposite happened, I'm sure. Because when the enemy yes. the enemy says stuff like that, he's just scared out of his mind because he knows yes. the impact that your vulnerability, your transparency will have because then the truth can be revealed and you can say, "Hey, I know my life sucks right now, but Jesus is my rock." And yes. and you could see me leaning on Jesus especially when I'm weeping and I'm crying and I, and, and it's and it's rough, the seas are rough, I'm leaning on Jesus and I'm good. And people see that and they're like, Wow, that's real. I've, I've, it I've was am- Go ahead. It was it was amazing. And even after that that moment of sharing, we had a couple of employees come up to us weeping themselves. One of them saying, "You know, I've had a past, and I have shown up to work every single day. I know who you all are, and I know who you stand for. And I've shown up to work every single day in fear that I would be exposed and I would lose my job. And now I don't have to fear that anymore." And let me just tell you my whole story. And he did. He told us his whole story. And we got to tell him what a blessing he is today. And we got to uh, just praise the Lord because in that moment, God gave us a view of our son through the storm we were currently walking in. Hmm. Now, so people have some perspective. How many employees does Beaten Ball Homes have? Beaten Ball Homes have? 160. All right. I just want to make sure people knew this wasn't. We're not just talking about this little small mom pop company. We're talking about a lot of people. And in Tampa Bay, 160 employees. That's a big company. In a lot of states and a lot of cities across the country, that's a big company because Christian small businesses are typically 20 people or less. And so this is a pretty big organization, and that you were able to 
to infiltrate your entire organization with your faith and do it by making some mistakes, I'm sure, along the way was just fantastic. But beating Bo Holmes had already had a a reputation for excellence. One of the things as I was reading the stories and and watching the videos, trying to figure out, okay, who are you guys and how come you, you know, how'd you grab the attention of the Global Leadership Summit? I read along the ways that you guys made a decision to give a portion of the ownership of the company to your people, to your employees. Rick, how did that work? That's incredible. Well, it's not. It's maybe not quite as noble as it sounds, at least initially. Um, Dad, you know, was in the real estate business for many years and didn't pay a lot of income tax as a result. You can, you know, if you're sheltering income with real estate, you can you can pay little, uh, a small amount in taxes. And so when we started, home building is just ordinary income. And so we were paying a lot of income tax, and Dad was just set on finding a way for us to legally not pay any more tax than we had to. And giving the company to an ESOP, an employee stock ownership plan, would accomplish that. We'd have to give a portion of the company to the employees to do it, but we liked that idea better than giving it to the IRS. And so that's what happened in 1998. 30% of the company became owned by the employees at that time, which at that time was only about 25 employees or so. Then in 2004, we reorganized that and we came down to about 9% uh, per person. So Holly and Dad and I own about 27% of the company, and the rest of the company is owned by all the employees. Now, what, of course, happened is God has used that in a powerful way because it's obviously a great thing for all the people to have a share in the business, just like we all have a share in the kingdom, right? We're sons and daughters. We're not slaves or servants. We're... We're, we're having inheritance. And so this is much like that. And so the Lord liked that, regardless of our initial intent, which might not wasn't bad necessarily, but just wasn't as noble as giving it to the people, right? <laughs> no, but, but it's today, okay. it's All a of us like thing. to find ways to not pay the IRS extra dollars. Yeah, but wait a minute. I, you, you, you glossed over this whole deal. So you and Holly and your dad own 27% of the company. That means that the majority ownership, 73% of the company, is owned by employees. How freaky was that? Because they're every business person listening today, everybody that runs an organization today that's listening to this show down the road, they're going, you got to be kidding me. You gave up majority control? Well, hey, this is God's business. It's not my business. God's in charge, and he's in control. Uh, of course, that's a, and that, that is not... That is not a controlling interest as much as it is a equity interest. I sure. mean, all the profits are owned, 75% of them, by the employees. But, of course, our directors still manage the company, our board of directors. So we, we still have the authority to do that. But we share the wealth, the gold and silver, right, with everybody that is here working. It's not something that my children should inherit just because they're my children. Right. I love them. But the people who should inherit it are the people who build it. And so I believe that's a totally appropriate and an amazing way to do things. And it empowers people. And so everybody here has a job to do, but they're also an owner. And that's a beautiful thing. Okay. But now, Holly, I also read that somewhere else, or I'm watching a video somewhere else, that you guys give up to 80% of your profits away. But if, the, if, if you guys are all sharing the profits and you're spreading the profits up, but you're giving them away, how does, how does that? I mean, okay, explain that. How does that work? Isn't that amazing? And only God could ordain all of that and orchestrate all of that and keep, you know, it's, it's amazing. 
they know who we are. They know we've been giving all this time. And so whenever employees join here, we say, we're going to be giving the profits away to the kingdom. And and that's just a part of who we are. Generosity is one of our pillars. Um, growth, excellence, unity, and generosity. Those are our operating principles. Those are the things that we ask every employee that joins in with us to be involved in. And so um, everyone gets the blessing of seeing that generosity. One of the things that we do as a company, we take our employees and their spouses and their families on what we call vision trips, not mission trips, but vision trips, because we want to go around the world and we want to see these ministry partners that we are financially sowing into. And we want them to understand the transformation of life that's happening in people all around the world because of their generosity. All right, Rick and Ollie, first quick question. Any of your kids working with you in the business now? They are not. They're not? So none of them got smart enough yet or they're not old enough yet? <laughs> we, we only have twins, boy and a girl. We adopted them from Children's Protective Services when they were six and a half. Okay. And neither of them have just expressed an interest at this point in their life to be a part of it. So they haven't figured out how awesome it was, but that's okay. Kids got to work for somebody else before then they go to work for mom and dad. They always have to, they'll never appreciate working for mom and dad unless they work for somebody else. Okay. So Rick, just give me, we only have a few minutes left. Give me a couple of the mistakes that you made along the way. Well, of course, the biggest work that God had to do on me from the very beginning was soften me. I mean, I'm a tough guy. I'm a business guy. Uh, I've certainly put results over people over the years and so that was a that was an early work the Lord had to do and even as he was doing it, you know, I I would serve the Lord and, and over the dead bodies of anybody that got in the way, right? You know, you just gotta be careful when you're serving God that you're serving his people. And that's just something that the Lord had to do in me and change that in me and really give me a deep love for the people. And appreciation for him, the appreciation and love he has for him. Sure. And he's done that, and he's done that primarily through Holly. She, you know, is a <laughs> is a deep lover of people, and so she loves everybody unconditionally. And so the Lord knew early on what I needed and brought along a beautiful partner to help me with that. So when she married you, the Lord brought along the two-by-four you needed in your life. <laughs> That's right, a blonde two by four. <laughs> well, that's most two by fours are blonde. That's true. Okay, so Holly, what about any any mistakes that you made along the way? Well, I always say that we've made every mistake there is to make at least once. Aside from the the ten times that we ran ahead of the Lord or got behind the Lord and didn't do what He asked, you know, just failing to obey what He's told us. A colossal mistake we made in our giving was we developed all these relationships with our partners. And, you know, I, I do. I developed deep relationships. Um, and then I started leading our company to give out of relationship instead of listening to the Lord about where he wanted his resources to go. So, um, you know, we had to learn to set our personal agenda aside. And we were looking for the Lord's fruit and uh we had to find those kingdom partners, and um, we had to let the Lord direct our giving. Wow, that was that's really a big word. Uh, and just the fact that you had to set aside your agenda and seek the partners that the Lord wanted you to fund. And we could go, we could do a whole show on that. But here's my last question because we're running out of time, and I really want to hear this. Rick, talk to me about the impact on your community, your customers, your vendors, your subs, wherever you want to go with it. You got about a minute and a half. What's the impact been like on all the people that you impact? Well, uh, a beautiful thing that happened, in fact, this weekend, um, we had a 
a big retreat with all of our employees and their families. And one of the ladies came up to us. She doesn't work for our company, and her husband does. He's been with us probably six months, maybe. And she came up in tears and said, uh, you can't believe the difference in my husband since he's been working here. Our relationship has grown. Um, he's just a new man, a new husband, a new father. And I don't know what happened to the old guy, and I don't want to know because I love it. And she was that, that was just a, a blessing because when God is in charge, he's going to engage the people. He's going to transform the people, and it's going to happen everywhere anybody comes near, including yeah. employees, our customers. Um, the community is impacted. Um, everybody is lifted by the Lord when you allow him to take charge of things. And so it's been a blessing. Our community is behind us. They know who we are, and they know they can count on us to join in any good work. And I think that's that's what the Lord would have us do. All right, really quick. You've got a big event coming up in Lubbock, Texas, on the 10th of February, next Friday, a week from Friday, uh, at uh, the Cornerstone Home Office. What is this about? Really, really quick. What's this about? What we're doing is we're, we are trying to facilitate a conversation. You said it beautifully a while ago. We are trying to facilitate a conversation about bringing the kingdom front and center in the marketplace. The Lord wants to move in our businesses, in our schools, in government. You know, He wants to move in our churches, but He wants to move outside of our churches, too, in mm-hmm. the places where people are, because people aren't going to church. Churches That's aren't sure. growing. And I got, so he wants, to, he wants to go to the people. Rick and Holly Beatonbow from Beatonbow Homes in Lubbock, Texas, thanks so much for being an I Work For Him today. really appreciate you guys. Thank you, Jim. Hey, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in today. Check out KingdomAtWork.com. Check out this testimony. See there's, see the Beaten Bow Homes stories all over YouTube. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.